Okay, I, I would, I'm going to stir you up a bit because I've, I've listened to these young people and they're fabulous. And they've given you some really interesting uh, views about what social media is and how you can use it, etc. So I, I thought it was really interesting to think that they, they're still using some static technologies. You wonder why in a day like in, in, in the modern period, why you want to use static technologies. But then you hear them and you see why, because people still use them. But there are other interesting things that we can do. What's happening in, and why I'm really interested in this is I'm, I'm interested in, as you can see, I'm a bit age challenged relative to everybody else you've seen here today. And I'm really interested in because I, I think there's a, there's a past and there's a future. And the past should never be ever uh, discounted. And a lot of what I want to talk about is about, about why we need to capture the things that we do. I agree with the young man who was last then who just talked about and said, you've got to get out there and do it. But when we get out there and do it, we've actually got to capture it and we've got to retain it and we don't lose it. That's why I like these, the collaborative environments of communities. I love Twitter and I love Facebook because they capture the things that are happening and they're very, very important. So static spaces are really important. Now static space can be what we're in, which is the State Library of Victoria. It can be a Facebook site. It can also be uh, a place where people keep paper uh, or they can keep their own documents. Whatever it is, they're, they're all very important parts of what we do. But they, there's a challenge to us. There are new ways of doing things. The, the smartphone is not just a smartphone for the simple reason that we can, we can do all the things that engage social media. Smartphones are also useful because we can use them to do things for ourselves. They're a creativity tool. They're, they're a tool that allows us to, to do things that we've never thought we could do before. If any of you ever drive between Austria and Italy or between France and Italy, you spend half the time in that distance travelling underground in tunnels. Your social media won't work. What do you do during that process? Well, it's very interesting that people have understood that and they're now developing what we call breadcrumb technology, which we've known about for years, but they're now applying it to this. So you can actually find out where you are and you can actually use it underground in ways that we've never thought of before. And that too will be an interesting challenge for us. Mobile technologies offer us the same opportunities, but in ways we've never perceived before. We've got to change the way we think. I love that idea of the hive because it's a new idea about the way that we can do entrepreneurship or we can bring people together in communities. Uh, I quite often talk or have talked to the young IT people uh, in, in Australia and they just meet in a pub and we don't use PowerPoint or anything like that. We just sit and talk about new things and new innovations and new ideas. It's changing your mindset. Right. The whole idea of, of using social media is to, is to think about things in a totally different way reorientate your mind to the things that we've never done before. We can do, we can do viral marketing using, using Twitter or Facebook or mobile phones. Viral marketing is a way of getting a message out for free. There are instances all over the, over the world of products that no one's ever advertised but have become superstars in what they do. There are many, many instances where people are starting to use things in creative ways to either because they're free, also because they can, they can expand their market in all sorts of ways. Tweets and Twittering is not trivial. The people of my generation think, why on earth do you spend 150 characters just doing something? You know, I got out of bed. 
But there are all sorts of ways that you can use Twitter and, and tweet each other to not only just get stimulus in terms of social and community networks, but also in terms of the way that you do business or the way that you can actually interact and create, etc. And tweet and Twittering is the writing of a pamphlet in the 21st century. But instead of writing a pamphlet of 5,000 words, we write a pamphlet of this many words. And it means just as much. We're abbreviating things, but the abbreviation doesn't lose its meaning and doesn't lose its context. It's very useful. Our problem is that sometimes we just lose all of that. And my argument is that, that all of this is fantastic, but we can never lose it. How many websites have you gone and searched for that have now disappeared? Where are they now? Because people didn't archive their websites. People didn't archive their emails. People are not archiving their tweets. And these are really important things that we should never lose because they're the knowledge of the future. They're the things that create stimulus and new ideas and creativity that we've never seen before. And that's really important. I love this, that the Library of Congress in April this year decided to collect all tweets and record them. Now why? Why would, why would the, the Library of Congress, the probably the most significant collector of materials all over the world, why does it want to collect tweets? Because it realised simply that there in tweets is the social commentary of the future. How, do we, how are the people in, in 2050 ever going to understand about Britney Spears? She's a social phenomenon of today. Whether you like her or not, she's a social phenomenon. She does things that are interesting to some people. So we've got to collect it in some way. She's, a, she's an enormous tweeter. We have to collect that material. There are, there, there, are, there are great people like Stephen Fry, a great British author, poet, actor, whatever. He is one of the biggest tweeters in the world. And in those tweets, there is lots of social commentary. Lots of the, f the future of his poetry is going to appear in that format rather than the original format. We have to capture it. We've got to reposit it somewhere and do something with it. There's a lovely quote up there about the man flying into a, a particular place. I can't remember. Oh, Las Vegas. A great place. And he tweeted, oh, I've just arrived in Las Vegas, something I would probably never do. Um, but he thought that was important. Interestingly enough, someone picked up his tweet, realised, I can do business with this guy. They met up, have coffee, did business. That's, that's a new way of thinking. It's a different paradigm. That's entrepreneurship in a, in a different format. But where do we capture that sort of material? Where do we learn these stories? When we teach in universities, in business schools, we have these wonderful things called cases. And you do a case study of this. And you do a case study of Taco Bell. And you do a case study of, of General Electric. And you're supposed to learn all this wonderful information from that. Here's a tweet. Why can't we learn the same thing from the tweet? But how do we capture it? How do we deal with it? What do we do with it? And who are the tweeters with the most influence? We're all sitting here on the edge of our seats today wondering who the independents in Australia are going to, going to decide this afternoon should be our next government. Right. 
I'm not going to make a commentary on, on that other than to say I think it's immoral, but that's another matter. I, I, I really do think that there are people out there who tweet who have got enormous social influence. How do we capture that social influence? How do we know that they are significant? How do we know that they're going to be the players of the future and drive the world? The young people who sat up here before in the last hour are, are examples of those people who are going to take the world forward. We've got to capture what they say. We've got to capture what they do. We can't lose those communities of interest. We can't lose the research that's done on the SLV. We can't lose the hive. It'll change, it'll morph, but it still will be very significant. I love this diagram that um, I, like everybody else, have stolen from someone else. But really what it is, it's a collection of everything that we do in social media. We've just heard little bits and pieces of whether we've used the, the, the web or we've used a Facebook or Twitter. But there is, there's all that many social media out there that you can use. Do you know that in May of this year, May 2010, the most common form of technology on the internet is video for the first time ever. Up until now, it's always been text, but video has gone past it. And, the, and one of the great things about social media is that you can use video and, and embed it, like we saw in the Facebook sites, where people embed the, the, uh, the, uh, the YouTube video sites, and there's a whole lot of others. If you get hold of this diagram, you can just look it up. It's just called The Conversation. You can look it up and you'll find there's all these wonderful things and where they go, and the person who drew this up actually divided them up into all the different uses that we have, from blogs to video to locations to networks to social networks to pictures to wikis, the whole thing. But all of that's really amorphous. It sits in those electric lines that go between the, the, the electricity poles. How do we get it? What do we do with it? In the past, we published books. But the books of the future are not necessarily the books of the of, of what we've seen in the past. In addition to that, we need new spaces. We need revolutionary ideas about the use of the libraries, of this library and any other library. We need access to all of that material that we, we capture. The University of San Diego in the United States has a collection of every single protein that exists in the world today on a single computer. Right. Now, that's a massive enterprise. But at least we know where it is and we know where to find it. Do you know where to find the Gerildery letter? I hope you do, it's not very far away from it. Um, do you know where to capture your family history? Do you know where to get information about your health? Lots of these things are important spaces. E-books are changing a lot of that as well. Libraries now will have to collect physical books and e-books because some people are never going to publish them in a conventional sense. They're going to just create digital books. University students in 10 years' time will never, ever purchase a textbook. If they do, they're mad. E-books are already here. We can already use them. Interactivity, authoring text on text. There's a wonderful book, if you've not read it, which I've, a number of people have heard me talk about. It's called Will Grayson, Will Grayson. It was published this year, written by two guys who did it electronically. Right? It's now come out in print form, 
because that's the way that people will go and buy it. But realistically, they could have put it on Facebook or they could have uploaded it onto a website. But it's a fabulous read and it's done from two different perspectives about two people with the same name by two different authors writing a novel. That's what you can do. You can be creative and you can do that with business as well. They're entrepreneurial novelists. So the libraries are these places to learn. They're a place, because we can't all collect all this stuff. Can you imagine what would happen to your phone if you started to store everything on your phone or on your website? You just don't have that capacity. So libraries have taken on another dimension that we've never had before. Someone's got to collect and store all this new knowledge that's around. And we've got to have new spaces in which to deal with it. Whether we interact and we use, we send, use, use technologies like Bluetooth to, to send technology, information, share knowledge, share information. But someone's got to store it and it's got to be in a place where everybody can access it. And you don't have to physically come and do it. You can access it from your home. You can access it from the tram stop out the front using your iPhone or some other Android type phones. It's, there's no problem. It's, it's amorphous. But there needs to be some organisation to it. Otherwise, we'll lose the information. And the places need to be dynamic and, and change. So what's the future? We've heard, heard a whole lot of stuff about clouds. We've heard a whole lot of stuff about new networks. And we've heard incessantly about the NBN. And as a person who's uh, probably going to be totally addicted to the NBN, I'm very interested in this afternoon's decision. Clouds are the, everybody's talking about clouds. They're going to solve the world. They're amorphous things that just float around. They're not. They're structures. But what they do do is, is they make, change the way we think. They change us to think about things together, how we can share and do things collectively. They may be our solution. Larry Allison uh, from Oracle doesn't think so, but that's only because it affects his particular company. But the reality of clouds is that they, if you use your imagination and do the sorts of things that we've heard people talk about here, you start to see new ways of doing things, etc. My challenge to you about future technologies is not that we're going to have anything startling new that's going to change the way that we do everything. We've got to just change the way we think and change our attitude towards things and the way that we think. Utilise technology for being creative. Utilise it for information sharing. Utilise it for marketing. Utilise it to be a social entrepreneur. Utilise it for being a business entrepreneur. Utilise it by utilising the spaces that we live in. But the most important thing is, every time we use a space, every time we Facebook, every time we tweet, every time we use an email, we are creating new knowledge. We need to capture it. We need ways and means of capturing and using that information in ways that the generation that will be your grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will be able to use the same ways that we've used books in my generation. We need that capacity to be able to do it. So those of you who are, uh, are addicted to social media, and I'm one, um, we need to capture what we do. We need to be able to share it with someone else. We need to be able to find out fundamentally what it is that's, that's so clever about the way that we think. And for the first time in our history of, of human race, we have the capacity to share information anytime, anywhere, any place, continuously. We've never had that opportunity before. So when you go 
out of here today and you've thought about all the things that you've been told, think about where you've done it. The great thing about the State Library of Victoria is not just its physical presence and the beauty of the building, is it offers us not only to capture the past, it enables us to capture the future. And that's my point. <laughs>